Welcome to Centerpoint, a podcast series from Center College, where important conversations take place. This newest addition to the series includes oral history interviews with World War II veterans conducted by Assistant Professor of History Sarah Eggie and her students at Center College. Each interview is divided into three parts and introduced by Dr. Eggie. Join us now for part three of episode one, which features Alvin Houston Perry, who spent time in a Nazi POW camp. He is interviewed by Tori Parker. It is a privilege to share stories of World War II veterans on the Centerpoint podcast. This interview is with Alvin Houston Perry. We've divided Mr. Perry's interview into three episodes, and I encourage you to listen to all three to understand the powerful testimony he gave about World War II. In episode three, Mr. Perry talks about his journey home after being a prisoner of war. He also answers some poignant questions about heroism and what he thinks of people from former enemy countries. Perhaps most moving are his final words about being liberated. We wanted to know what it was like after 10 months to see an American tank with a big star on it and to know that he was finally free. Mr. Perry helps us understand this in powerful ways. 70 years later, it is still very emotional. So what do you remember about being liberated? What was, what happened next after the apartments? They, you went home, you said? Yeah, we, uh, we was processed by the Americans, you know, you know everything that, that was done. Uh, I went to Fort Myer, Virginia. I think that is after I went home. Uh, we got to go home for about two or three weeks. And then we come back into the army to be discharged. So I come back to Fort Myer, Virginia. We went to Miami, Florida for about 10 days, I reckon. And we didn't have anything to do, only just to eat and lay around in the shade. And so after after that was over, we went to Fort Myer, Florida um, by train and uh, we, we stayed up there a while and, until we was discharged. That's where we was discharged from when we got to go home. What was going home like? Wonderful, wonderful. We was on a train and uh, we traveled a lot. All the time we was in the army, we traveled by train, and uh, it took took about a one night and a little bit of the next day to get home, and it was a great, great feeling. Was your family? How did they treat you when you got home? Oh, uh, they cooked cooked a big meal, and I couldn't eat much. Uh, my stomach drawed up. So I couldn't eat much, but uh, we had a big, big country ham supper. So they were celebrating? Yeah. Um, was your brother back home as well? No, no, he, he didn't come home. He was, uh, he, he may have gotten married during that time. 
or before, maybe before he went to the army or during the army, then he 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 wasn't living at home then. So after you got home, what did you do? I didn't do anything. <laughs> I just had a good time for a while, <laughs> and uh, then I helped my father work on the farm. But I had a I had a, a nice compliment made while I was at Fort Myer. We had a inspection every Saturday, and Sergeant Blake would bring the officer around, and the officer was Lieutenant Colonel, and uh, you'd have to have your bed made and your trunk in a certain thing and everything looked good. And I had worked on my buttons and people being discharged from up there. A guy had a blouse that I liked. You had to leave, you had to take your leave your blouse there. And uh, you could take the buttons off and put them on a board and you could shine them. Better on that board than you could on the blouse. So I traded my blouse to him. He was going home for that one, and I had that one. So I took them buttons off and brushed them up with jewelry rouge and made them shine, and everything was looking good. I was looking good. <laughs> then uh, Lieutenant Colonel and Sergeant Blake come around and he grabbed my gun and looked at it, the colonel did. He asked me, he said, what's your name? And I said, Private Perry, sir. And he gave him back my rifle. And he said, Sergeant Blake, I want you to take him around and show him the rest of your company. He's a, he is what a U.S. soldier looks like. And I thought that's pretty good. <laughs> that was what a U.S. soldier looked like. So how did other other people came home around the same time as you? Did you talk to anybody about your experience when no, you got home? No. Nobody, didn't nobody want to hear what I was doing or had done because they had all done the same thing. So uh, no, I didn't. I didn't talk to anybody. And uh, my friend that I went over with, that got hit at St. Lowe, he was at home, and he had a lot, lot more wound than I did. And uh, he lived right across the way here during during our regular home time, and he died two years ago. And his widow still lives over there. What was his name? Truman Wells. Truman Wells. So can I ask, what do you think makes somebody a hero? What? What do you think makes somebody a hero? Oh, uh, I I can't I can't imagine what a hero is like. Uh, a hero risks his own life, knows he's going to get killed to help somebody else. And I can't imagine that. I wouldn't do that. 
I, I don't want to be no hero. So uh, that's what they have to do, and that's what they do. There's a lot of, a lot of guys that do that. They do that. But uh, I, I don't do that. Uh, I, I've never wanted to be a hero, so I haven't been. There, there's not many heroes living. Most of them are gone. Are you proud of your service? Well, uh, I, I'm. I'm proud that I helped uh, find in the war. That I helped preserve our freedom. I'm proud of that. But uh, I wouldn't mind going to the army. The army is not bad. It's the fighting that's bad. If it's in war, you better get around it. It's terrible. And I don't know. Our government have got the smartest people we have running it. All the senators and representatives, they're all smart people. And why they can't stay out of war, I do not know. I do not know. That's terrible. So how do you feel now, looking back, like, how do you feel about the enemy now, or the enemy then, the Germans, Italians, the Japanese? Uh, well, I'm over here and they're over there. I don't feel that bad. Mm -hmm. I want them to stay over there, and I'll stay here. <laughs> but uh, they could have treated us a lot worse than what they did, but uh, it was bad enough. They didn't have nothing to feed us. They didn't have nothing but potatoes and uh, hedgerow soup and bread. That's, that's all they had. They didn't have anything else. And the parcels, the food parcels that the federal government paid for and, they del and the Germans delivered them, they helped us a lot, a lot, a lot. How do you think, or what do you think about how people remember World War II? Uh, they, they've, they've all been nice to me. Uh, but they, they are, uh, thankful that they're free, I think. They ought to be, and, uh, that, that's a big deal to be free. We live in the best country in the world. The United States is the best country there is. And, uh, we ought to be thankful we're living in it. It's free, and you get a lot of, uh, your freedom is a big, big thing. And uh, I think most of the people are thankful, uh, and they respect the guys coming back from World War II. What's something that you think is important for our generation to understand about war and about you, your what? What's something important you think is important for my generation to understand about war or about World War II? Uh, there ain't no way you can understand about that. Uh, 
it is, it is a, World War II was a terrible thing, a terrible thing, and you can't imagine what it's like. But uh, we, we, we hadn't been for us helping England, we would have been in bad shape. And uh, we want to stay free. We don't want them coming over here fighting. They tear up everything. And it, that war is a bad thing for everybody. No, There's no winners. They're all losers. When you left to fight in the war, was that the first time you'd ever left Kentucky? Uh, almost. Almost. I had gone to Cincinnati with a friend to a ball game a time or two, and that was, that's not very far out of Kentucky, but that's the farthest I was. And uh, I hadn't been anywhere much. I couldn't go. I didn't have no way to go. Right. We didn't have a car. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 I didn't have it. I wasn't going. I didn't want to go anywhere, but there was no place to go. Picture show was the only place. And I admire the kids today. They really know how to act. They know how to handle themselves at a restaurant. They can use all the machines and order what they want. I never eat at a restaurant until I was 15 years old. And I had a plate lunch. It was 35 cents of meat and two vegetables, roast beef and two vegetables. And that's, a, that's the only, only time I ever eat at a restaurant. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an interesting, you, you go from being in Kentucky to being all over the United States at different forts, and then you went to... England and France and Germany. Yeah, overseas. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't I I didn't want to go overseas. I knew I knew that what fighting was, they 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 had drilled us, trained us, and we knew what it was and we didn't I didn't I didn't want to get into that, but I couldn't keep from it. I had to. Oh, that's bad. Uh, the fighting part's bad. Because you don't know what it's like to be up there and you might be killed any minute. And you might be. I had a platoon sergeant that had been on the front 21 days before I was. And I thought, well, that's a lot better than I had been thinking that you could be up there that long. And he was killed the day no, I was captured. He'd been up there 21 days, but he was killed that day. So you never did know. There was no guarantee. I have one more question. When you saw that tank, what? when you saw the tank yeah. that liberated you, yeah. Did you, did you, were you happy? Were you sad? Were you crying? Were you excited? I, I was so excited that I, I don't, I didn't do anything, I don't think, only I hollered or jumped around or something. But 
that star was that big, great big. And we was looking for it because we had been told that all of our guards had left. Mm -hmm. And we had been told that we'd be liberated that day. And we were. And that was a, a feeling that I can't describe. Really a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big star. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. Yeah. I hadn't seen one for ten months. Mm -hmm. I bet that was I bet that was a wonderful thing to see. Oh, it was, it was, it was. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what it was like living in boxcars. This is going to be so much better. Mm -hmm.